BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, welcome back to Friend of a Friend. I'm your host, Olivia Perez. I'm a journalist, interviewer, and the creator of this show, where we get to sit down, meet some new friends, and go inside the minds of some of the most innovative and creative forces shaping our world today. If you have not eaten before this episode, I highly recommend doing so because I promise you will be starving by the end of this. Because this week we are joined by the iconic duo behind everyone's favorite spicy fusilli, John Shook and Vinny DiTolo. They are the masterminds behind the restaurants on every LA hit list from Son of a Gun to Animal and of course, John and Vinny's. I got to sit down with them to hear about their early cooking days from dorming in college together to sleeping in their first restaurant to how they have truly created a food empire that is grounded in community. We also talk about how they pivoted during COVID, how they always put their people first, and some awesome new expansions, including their newest John and Vinny's location. I hope you guys love this episode. John and Vinny have so many gems. It was awesome to hear about their perspective on the restaurant industry and more. If you have not followed the show and you find yourself coming back and listening, take the time to follow it and leave us a review. And if you love the show, share it with a friend and share it on Instagram. I love seeing when you guys are listening. So take a screenshot when you do and tag me. I will always reshare your posts and most likely say hi. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today and have an amazing week ahead. Here are my friends, John and Vinny. John and Vinny, I am honored to have both of you here today. This is amazing. And it's been a year in the making. So thank you to both of you for coming in. Of course. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. So, John, we actually met a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you remember this. At Steve Vanavan's <laughs> birthday party? No, close. Oh. Close. We were at No Vacancy. My best friend is Ashley. I'm actually dating her brother. Oh, no way. And she, I had walked in. I was so socially overwhelmed that she introduced us. And I just didn't, my dots didn't connect. We had this booked. We were ready to go. Usual journalist me would be like, oh my God, hi. I'm so happy to meet. Like, you're coming on my show in two weeks. Totally dropped the ball. Fast forward three hours later, I'm in an Uber, pretty drunk on my way home. And it dawns on me that that was you. And I'm sitting there going, oh my God. I said hi and I walked away. He probably thinks I'm an asshole the whole time on my way home. You know what? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm glad you didn't put any pressure on me there. I was <laughs> At that point, I was a couple sheets into the wind. And uh, <laughs> I, I haven't been on Hollywood Boulevard probably in like seven or eight years. How crazy was that experience? It was wild. I mean- I've been in Florida and I've been in Mexico, but that was my first time in LA. And, you know, I live only maybe a mile from there. And like currently, like in my neighborhood, people still run with mask on and hazmat suits. And like to be at a nightclub on Hollywood Boulevard at 1230 at night, one was awkward for me just mm-hmm. in general, but mm-hmm. two, just like seeing people let loose and, uh, you know, being able to kind of like celebrate and 
uh, it was fun, you know. Yeah, I was driving up Hollywood Boulevard and there was someone like driving down the boulevard slowly, half their body outside the top of their car. Like, yeah, Saturday night. I was like, where am I? Yeah. I'm in like the twilight zone. When we left, I was I was just it telling Rianne in the car. I was telling her like, I was like, this this party we went to on Saturday night like definitely cost more than my wedding. <laughs> and it was like, we're we're back in it. It's here. Yeah, it's, it's like here. Yeah. it's back. You know, I think it was interesting because we because we had to go into work and we had to like, you know, it was like there really was you know the that word front line. You know, it was yeah. like it's real. You're really on the front lines of all of it, and you were immersed with tons of people, and you don't know where they were coming from and if they had it and this sort of this thing that was just looming around us and like you didn't know when it was going to come and who was going to get it and there was so much fear and anxiety mm-hmm. coupled with the fact that you had to work this really intense job in yeah. these intense environments and the demand was very high and I think we're just relieved to kind of have that kind of being set aside a little bit. Yeah. Everybody became a chef when, at their house it seemed like. Yes. But that's amazing too that so many people got into cooking and trying yeah. stuff and like yeah. you know obviously uh, it's some of the stuff that I seen get whipped out of my kitchen by Shiri was like, you know, some of it was great and some of it was like, how the fuck did that happen? You know, like, but that's part of the beauty of cooking, you know, and that's, you know, part of the reason I got into cooking is like experimenting and enjoying what I eat. And like, I still get to experiment. Now, obviously I have a good foundation. So my experiments are different than uh, what they were. And back when I was a kid, but uh, it's cool to see that. And hopefully people don't lose that. You know, I hope people continue to cook at home and obviously go out, support restaurants, but to just care about what they're putting in their mouth and not just thinking about like filling themselves, you know? Yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit about both of your upbringings and what sparked both of your inner chefs. Like what was the first time that you both remember cooking? Well, my first ever cooking experience was with my older brother who's extremely gifted. He's actually a doctor. He is some specialist. I forget exactly what it's called. Like it has something to do with cholesterol, but uh, I can never remember. I don't what remember it is. what it is. I yeah. always look at you to remember. You gotta, come, you gotta remember what it is for next time. I'm about to write it on my hand. Yeah. Uh, but he wanted to make brownies for my mom for her birthday. And we made instant brownies and he read the directions backwards. And he basically thought that it was to uh, cook for two hours, cool for 30 minutes. And I was pretty young at the time. I was maybe in six or seven years old. And we hammered them. We hammered the brownies. They were like charcoal. We ruined my mom's favorite baking dish. She was really upset. It was for her birthday too. Oh, man. But it was the thought that counts, right? Absolutely. Every time. That was my earliest remember of cooking. I think I got into into really chefing, I would say. Uh, I kind of fell into it through being a dishwasher. I ended up getting a job as a dishwasher when I was 15, almost 16 years old. And I really connected with the people that worked in the restaurant. I felt like it was finally somebody that really understood me. Like growing up, I felt like my parents didn't understand my like crazy ideas that I always had in my head. And, uh, you know, I was never really a star child in school. Uh, And finally, I like met these people and like, they just let me be me, you know, and that was so nice to like have that at that age. And then as I started to get introduced to the food that I was making, it was like amazing to like eat mashed potatoes, you know, like I, where I, when I was growing up, I was product of the eighties where it was like, we ate spuds in a box, you know, like, Uh, So we didn't really, like, I would say, I didn't have, like, a great food upbringing 
And then I kind of fell into it. And then I fell in love with eating and started to want to know how to make it. And that's uh, how it started. And I'll let Vinny tell you how his deal is. For me, I think the curiosity was there all along. You know, I was I was around people cooking, no one professionally, but on the weekends, my dad would my dad was very interested in pastries and he would make pasta. And his mother was 100% Italian, like first generation uh, immigrant, and she, you know, would come over and make so many things uh it was just kind of like overwhelming to really kind of really remember and understand but it was all just so good and from the soul you know italian obviously italian italian american and then my mom's side of the family her mother also was a great cook but she cooked more german a little more eastern european and i was always just curious i was always around just kind of looking at what they were doing tasting Loved getting on the counter, loved all those kinds of things. And then I needed to get a job when I was 16. My dad made me get a job, and thankfully, I got a job as a dishwasher at a barbecue restaurant. And it was pretty grueling work. You know, I was washing dishes, delivering food. And at the end of the night, one of the things that stuck with me the most was, like, I was I was having to clean out these smokers, and it was intense. It was, like, these big kind of they weren't like a drum smoker they were like these kind of boxes that were like automatically fed through electricity they kind of like burned the wood chips and the barbecue was really good but the the smokers were disgusting at the end of the night and you had to like go in there and scrape it all out and use these harsh chemicals and chemicals but i still loved it i still loved it i was like i'd get in there i was like every night i'd come home just like soaked Head to toe, just like 16 years old, just like working till 11 o'clock. All my friends were partying. They were all hanging out at another friend's house that the parents were gone, all doing all that kind of typical stuff. And I was working and I ended up staying in Florida and wanting to go to school there and chose the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale. And fast forward to meeting John there, literally like the second or third day of school at the dorms. And we were kind of like buddy, buddy. And, uh, You know, we hit it off and started like just kind of while we were at the dorms eating at little random places and kind of getting to know each other. We both worked two jobs for a very long time during culinary school. So we were just trying to sack away money and try to take as much as we possibly could. We were absorbing school, absorbing the work environment. When you say in talk talking about packing away money, we were making like six dollars and twenty five cents an hour. Yeah, yeah. Wow, you guys were like sacking. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's been. I mean, this has been. This was. 1999. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. So we go way back. We're so old dogs. Yeah. Old so dogs. it was like you know we were we were taking in as much as we possibly could, coupled with the fact that we were you know 2021 20, you know down yeah. there in Miami and that living in that temptation and also not having the money to kind of facilitate those desires was also a good thing for us. You know, we would still like we were saying before we got on mic here. It was like we we kind of just kind of kept to ourselves and we just did our thing and we just were people knew us in the industry down there. Like we were always like the two guys that would kind of show up and apply for jobs at the same time. And, you know, we worked hard and like we, 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 we would grind with anybody. And like the older cats always hated us because we were just these like young dudes that had a spark of energy that a lot of people didn't have. And we, you know, I'm able to look back on it now and see that, you know, but then we were just cooking. That was it. It was just like, we wanted to learn. We love food. We were obsessed with it. We spent all our money on food, like the money that we weren't trying to save. Um, we spent all of it on eating out and seeing yeah. other people's stuff. But I would say that our our partnership is is more like a brotherhood than like a traditional business partnership. It wasn't like, 
two guys met and came together. It was really two guys kind of met, you know, and that becoming adults and have become adults and have grown together and obviously built this pretty big foundation here in LA. And, uh, you know, we feel blessed that this city has taken us in and, uh, you know, it's been a fun ride. You know, if it ended tomorrow, it's still like, you know, was awesome. We'll be right back after a quick break. This podcast is brought to you by Athleta, a performance lifestyle brand for women committed to unlocking their limitless potential. The guiding principles that drive every design, beauty, innovation, and sustainability. Each style is crafted for the unique needs of female bodies in motion. And this summer, Athleta is your go-to shorts destination. Distraction-free and ultra-lightweight, their shorts are designed so nothing can get in the way of you and your goals. From bike shorts to Bermudas, run shorts to everyday staples, they have your shorts. I am currently living in the ultra-high-rise Alation 9-inch shorty. I'm usually not a 9-inch gal, but I'm currently in New York City running around. It's very hot outside, and so it's nice to have a little bit of length so I know that I'm covered throughout the day. I also got them in the cutest violet color, so it's a nice pop of color for the day. And I found a matching tie-dye hoodie, so definitely keep an eye out for that. In honor of short season, Athleta is encouraging us to lead with our legs, whatever that looks like for you. Whether it's running a new personal record, climbing to new heights, or standing up for what you believe in, let your legs lead you forward. Since I've been in the city, I've been on the go all day. And with the weather being so beautiful outside, it's been so nice to take a walk, know that I'm in comfortable clothes all day, and know that I can get from point A to point B and still enjoy the outdoors in something that I feel really, really good in. Summer is the time to celebrate the legs that move us forward. And you can find your new favorite pair of shorts at Athleta and let your legs lead the way. Visit Athleta in stores or online at athleta.com to shop their full range of shorts, available in sizes extra, extra small to 3X. I read an article that said the two of you each have one half of a brain that makes a whole brain. Totally. And, you know, it's hard. I think having a really good friendship is a rare gem, but then being able to have that friendship and be like, let's work together is a diamond in the rough. And mm-hmm. even then, be able to have a successful business together. Yeah. yeah. Well, I would just say one, we, just one successful we business. We were also very dependent on each other through a lot of stages of our lives, and we still are. You know, it's like a couple of years ago, I got appendicitis. My wife's out of town. I call him. You know, it's like he's taking me to the hospital. You know? Of course, yeah. yeah. Well, but it's like you don't even think about it. It's my, like, right. What are we going to say to him? No. My wife <laughs> says like, it's my first wife, tell but him, tell him and no. she's the second wife. But that's no, kind of how sorry, it goes I'm, down. I'm, I'm hanging right now. I'm playing video games. No, it wasn't, it's not like yeah. that. But I think a lot right. of people also don't realize like how much time and dedication we've put into what it is. And yeah. like, you know, yeah. from, you know, the minute I got out of high school till really probably only maybe three or four years ago was like, what was Christmas? What was spring break? What was Hanukkah? What was, you know, kind of traveling these holidays? It was like, it was only work. That was it. You know, it was like our life was live and breathe work. The fallback to animal was to move out of our apartment and move into the restaurant because the rent were the same price, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But that was like, that (laughs) That was was the dedication. You know what I mean? Yeah. You guys were a hundred percent in. Wait, we did sleep there sometimes. Yeah. I was get, I was about to say, was that a true story? No, no, it no, was. We didn't no. move out of our apartment, but there was nights where it was like, you know, we didn't have the staff. So it was like, you know, we couldn't afford to have the the team when it was just animal. And we, it was yeah. like, you work 20, 20 hours, you're tired. You know, you just came off another maybe 18 or 20 hour day. And like, you sit down and next thing you know, you're sleeping. You wake up and you're still there. You yeah. know, it's like, but that's the dedication now. It's like, what's interesting is, John and Vinny's, which is probably our most well-known restaurant to us, is probably also the most simple food. 
yeah, you know, like that definitely. we've ever made together. You yeah. know, and like it's so yeah. funny. You it's go, really funny. You gotta like go through this stage in your career as an artist where it's like you gotta kinda go down these paths to kinda come back to what it was that you started with and like what a lot of people don't know is one of Vinny and my first ever job together was at an Italian restaurant. And like, we couldn't even hardly understand the, the chef because he was Italian, you know, like from Italy, like thick, thick Italian accent. And, uh, you know, obviously to be like here, like how, and see like how popular like pizza and meatballs and the facility and like some of these things that like we used to make for ourselves post work. All the time. All the time <laughs> to resonate well, what it is and like a lot of the meaning behind John and Vinny's was when we were coming into our adult life and having kids, you know, we wanted to have a restaurant that like you went to after T-ball or like right. before prom or like whatever those things were. Cause growing up in Florida, like you had that in every neighborhood had one, you know, and like we wanted to create that for our kids and like to see where it's gone and like to cross into all these different age groups and style of people and religions and ethnic and like with that brand is, you know, to us is really just a trip. Yeah, to resonate universally like that is a big feat. The idea of it being a brand is a whole new thing for us too because we didn't come into restaurants when restaurants became like brands, you right. know, it was like, they were just restaurants. It, yeah. it was a fucking restaurant, you right. know what I mean? Right. It's like, and to be able to do it and people consider it this brand and it's bigger than us is is really an amazing thing, you know? And I think it, it has a lot to do with us, yes, at its core, but it also has a lot to do with a lot of other people that make it happen on the daily there. Yeah. Like and, and, you know, couldn't forget, like, obviously Helen's been a big part of our life for a long time. She started as a, a GM at Animal, you know, wow. she was a general manager. I didn't know there. that. Yes. And she, a lot of people don't know that because John and Vinny's became this, it's like a thing. People just really, people are like, oh, you have other restaurants? You're like, yeah. We're like, <laughs> we started here a long time ago. Like, yeah. we, Animal's 13 years old. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, our catering company's 17 years old. It's like, John and I started out, that's how we, to kind of rewind a bit, that's really how we got our foot in the door in LA was we came here with literally $500 each. We moved to LA. Uh, we got a, an apartment. First, we crashed on John's aunt's couch out in Calabasas. Shout out the ants. Shout out to the aunt. And she tolerated our our stuff for a few months. And she was unbelievably forgiving and 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 chill about everything we were trying to get ourselves into out here and and give us the time to find the right job and we did we found the right job and it and we 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 worked for Ben Ford and Govan Armstrong at a place called Chadwick which is now Earth Cafe on Beverly Drive in Beverly Hills our yeah. first apartment was right over here behind the Beverly Center and we literally sunk everything we had into moving here and and then the restaurant closed three months after we 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 started working there, and uh, and then Ben kind of kicked some doors open for us. Uh, we were catering lightly once every couple weeks. He would help us, or we would do a job with him, and then it kind of just got to a certain point where where we were able to go out and do our own catering without him. Uh, there's a lot in between there, but like basically, we were just passing our phone numbers around to people. And they would just call and connect us to the next person to the next person that literally became this web of people. But then we had we did have a breakthrough moment where we had it wasn't even it didn't bring that much business, but we got a we had an article written by who's still a friend of ours. She wrote this article for the New York Times style section. 
And the people that called us from that article are still in our lives. Yeah, three um, people called and they're all still in our lives. Yep. What Did, was the article? It was the article it was, was just, just about us, about article. us it was catering. First, it was like our, we would just show up like this. It was the first time that we had like any real press. People like, were people were really We had my then, cell phone number in the thing. People and then were really enamored with the fact that John and I didn't wear chef's whites and chef coats and like we kind of stripped this image of like what a chef was and we would still put out the food that was like, oh yeah, you paid that kind of money to go eat at Spago or whatever it was. Right. But like, we don't look like Wolf. Like Wolf rocks chef coats all the time. Like Wolf is he's a different guy. generation. Good you looking know? guy. Yeah. Very, Wolf, very Yeah, chiseled. Wolf should rock his chef coat. Yeah. Like he is, he's, he built that. He deserves that. It's like, we just went out and did our own thing. We'll be right back after a quick break. So as you guys know, I am a massive fan of Beekeepers Naturals. If you guys haven't caught the episode that we did with their founder, Carly Stein, I highly recommend going to our podcast page now because her story is incredibly inspiring. I promise you will learn something new and I hope you'll get inspired to add them to your daily wellness routine. For those of you who haven't heard of Beekeepers Naturals, they are disrupting the conventional medicine cabinet by creating nature-powered medicine that actually works. My friends over at Beekeepers Naturals use a very special potent natural ingredient called propolis. And if you haven't heard about it yet, I am so excited to tell you about how it's completely changed my life. Bee propolis actually acts as the bee's medicine, and it also contains over 300 vitamins and minerals that are beneficial to the human immune system. So I actually take bee immune propolis throat spray every single morning. I do about three to four sprays. As someone with an autoimmune, it's really, really helped me to just know that I'm getting that extra boost through the day. Another product of theirs that I love, I just landed in New York City, and I love their Bee Soothed Honey Lozenges. They have propolis, zinc, vitamin D, all made for your immune support. This has truly been a game changer for my wellness routine, and I know that it will be for you guys too. So I am extremely excited because Beekeepers Naturals is offering you guys a very exclusive deal. They will ship you a free two-week supply of Bee Immune Propolis Throat Spray, and you just have to pay $5 for shipping. To claim this deal, you must visit beekeepersnaturals.com backslash friend. And the deal is not available anywhere else. So be sure to go to B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com slash friend. This deal is only available for a limited time. And if you don't love it, they will refund your $5, no questions asked. You guys can also find Beekeepers Naturals nationwide in over 2,000 stores like Target, Whole Foods, and Sprouts. Now let's get back to the show. I want to talk a little bit about animal because even though we have been talking about animal, but I'm curious to hear, especially because I think you guys probably have so much feedback from that experience as your first restaurant that, you know, that one little article about you guys in the New York Times turned into like every single list and every single like Mm. the best restaurant to eat at in Mm. Los Angeles. Animal was on there. So as chefs that had just moved here for the first time and hit major success, what do you think the key is to opening your first restaurant and having it be successful? Have failures before you open your first restaurant because we mm-hmm. did other things that didn't work. You know, right. and I think that's what... Not restaurants, but yeah. Yeah, but other things Concepts. that are, you yeah. know, just not restaurants, but other things that didn't work that really, I think, shaped us going into that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so, I mean, obviously, you know the ones that work, but you don't know about the ones that don't, you know, and I think we had an interesting kind of run into the food industry before that. And I think at the time it was like, it was really cooking as much from the heart as you possibly can. Cause like I was telling you before this, like the fallback was to move out of our apartment and move into the restaurant. If we couldn't afford to pay for both the cost of the apartment and the cost of the restaurant. And, uh, you know, when you're cooking with so much heart and soul it comes through, 
Yeah. Uh, the accolades and all that stuff, I think Vinny and I never really cared about. You know, we didn't, we've never had a press person. Uh, you know, Brian on our team kind of just handles all the incoming stuff and uh, organizes it for us. But I would say that in general, like, that was never really a driving force. I think the driving force, like, for me was to never move back to my parents' house. Yeah. Uh, you know, and trying to figure out, like, how to make it work. You know, and Animal was, like, the bridge, I would say, to get over that. And that was also the first time in our life where it was, like, we were our own bosses. Like, we could put up our own colors and our own looks and our own things that we were into. And uh, it, we got lucky that it just resonated with the city at the time. I always related to that kind of like punk rock indie first album spirit, you know, where yeah. it's like there's not a lot of things. You can just do it without a lot of outside influence. You know, there's not a lot of people telling you to be be this way or do this or dress like that or try to be this or try to be a little more gentle when you talk to somebody about that or, you know, put that on the menu. Yeah. It's going to sell. It was just like, let's just put shit out that we love, you know, and like, let's just do whatever we want. And like, it was, the, it was the ultimate freedom. You know, a lot of people are asking us, like, is it, you know, what's up with Animal? Cause it hasn't been open yet since the pandemic hit. And uh, with that restaurant, you know, the math doesn't work until we could really get to like almost a hundred percent of our capacity. So we've been running the online good store out of there, which has been great. And I think the community's really embraced that. We feel very lucky that we've been able to support so many local farmers during that during this time. And we plan to bring Animal back. And like, you know, Animal 2.0, what is it gonna be like? You know, it's like, it's been shut now for over a year, you know, but there's a lot of OG dishes that are, you know, people would love to hear it. It's like back to the album thing. It's like busting out an old album that you haven't heard of in a long time and yeah. playing it. And then there's also a whole new, I think, there's some different thoughts that we want to put out there for Animal and like show people some new looks on some food that we do right now internally. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure this year has brought you by so many pivots. It sounds like it, even with just changes within restaurants and that's all okay. Directions change. But I wonder, given the past year we've had, what you guys can look back and reflect on as the key to a pivot. Wow. I think, so I think the resilience, things. I think thinking on your toes and and not second guessing your decisions. Like we just made decisions and just fucking went for it. Yeah. Like when we were like, let's just start selling everything at Animal that's on the shelves. That's how we started the good store. And it's like, it's allowed us to literally like, John and I haven't taken a dime from that place. It's allowed us to just pay rent. And that's okay if we can maintain the lease, not piss our landlord off. Yeah, You know, like keep a couple key people keep their I would say the biggest it was so hard to let some of those you know these servers the we had servers there for like is, 10 uh, years that was yeah, incredibly yeah. hard to let go of you the know? biggest but, thing I think that I would take from the pandemic is it really showed everybody's true colors right yeah. and it's like whether they were internal or external it really showed their true colors and like I think those that are you know especially on the senior level with us that have stayed part of the ride you know it's like I admire them at a different with a different look, you know, than probably where I was before, you know, and I appreciate that. But it, I would say that would be like how to sum up the experience. Cause you know, besides selling off some brands, like we acquired a brand, you know, which was a brand that we had a lot, a lot of admire for, See, which brand. is with, with cookbook, you <laughs> know, cookbook. I don't know if you know about it. It's a cookbook. brand, but it's a yeah, grocery well, store. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's, I, yeah, it's baby or one. It's and Echo Park, Highland Park. There's, there's two locations, two locations. They're wonderful very selective grocery stores that are 
their neighborhood markets. They're highly curated. Um, they had owners that were very, very involved and did an amazing job of curating these spaces. They have extremely loyal clientele. Yeah. Um, and we felt honored that they would sell it to us and they knew that we would kind of Continue their vision. Uh, continue the vision and, and keep the standards up. And we've made little changes here and there. We've tried to make some, create some efficiencies, but it's still the same store and at its core. Um, and it's a wonderful place. It's like, I mean, it's just like yeah. the highest end. Best if you stuff. haven't been and you like cheese, you should for sure go check it out. Cheese, they have like, meat, cured meat, I mean, yeah. vegetables. Say all less. Yeah. Yeah. Say, say yeah. less than yeah. that. I definitely will go. It's a great place if you're going to throw a party like, and you wanted to have something that's yeah. like, you're going to make a, a real meal. You're going to have a cheese board, like John said. You're going to yeah. have little pâtés and spreads. And you have farmer's market produce. It's just like if you didn't have time to go yeah. to the farmer's we're, market, it's like an all-in-one kind of show. And we're hoping to bring some more to the west side. I mean, so the empire is clearly growing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's just shifting. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I don't know necessarily how much growing it's doing as much as it's like shifting. It's got to resize back to post-pandemic life, uh, you know, we right. were over 800 employees. We had to shrink down to like 100 something. And now we're back in a 200, you know, so yeah. and on our way to get to 300. So it's uh, it's still a curve right now. Yeah, right. we're still like, I think when we first came in and started speaking with you, we were, we're, we literally are about to, we're like today starting Fairfax Outdoor Dining, which when they, you know, they had the sort of, everybody remembers the roller coaster here in LA of like open, totally. close. Open there back was a up. while where I was like, can someone tell me what I'm supposed to be doing? Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> exactly. someone tell me what I'm allowed to be exactly. doing. Exactly. Right so it was like open, close, open again, then close again. Right. And then we're back open. And then it was like everybody was really hesitant to, to kind of like make moves because they cost money. And right. So this time, the, the the reopening, we really kind of got word that they probably won't be shutting everybody back down. And the promise of the vaccine yeah. was really kind of why we, we put the money forth and built the Brentwood Outdoors, John and Vinny's. And we just finished the Fairfax Outdoor on Fairfax. Like, literally, they're there finishing the work right now as we're speaking to you. Do you guys think it's going to stay forever? I mean, sure. I hope it stays forever. I mean, we're in some of the nicest weather probably in the whole world. Totally. It would be. I think it would be a shame if it didn't. Like, yeah. it's such a totally. vibe. Yeah. It's like one of the only ways that you can really sit outside and, like, enjoy and kind of be in L.A. in that yeah. sense. Yeah. People are loving it. Yeah. I, know, I know Angelinos are loving all of this. Totally. Out, not just I, us. I mean, yeah. everybody. But hopefully the community really kind of puts their foot down and they're like, no, we're keeping this. And, yeah. like, we want this to be, like, a permanent thing for our community and here in LA I know in New York they've been able to do that saying that it's permanent but Brentwood also has a great vibe and we have another John and Vinny's that's was scheduled to open Whoa. in December down in South LA that got pushed uh, and is where gonna, in South LA? Ladera Heights yeah. wow. Baldwin, Baldwin third Hills third location? Yeah. yeah Baldwin Hills Ladera Heights um, and it's 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 about 70% finished with construction yeah that's amazing yeah and like we it would have been done, but we postponed it because we were like, you can't open a restaurant and not have people come in. How do you welcome people to your facility right. without opening the front door? And, right. uh, you know, so we did slow it down. And now we're like, shit, we slowed it a little too slow. You know, you're like trying to time yeah. it all out. But we're hoping for like sometime late July, uh, early August. It's to amazing. Get it open. Yeah. Wait, I got too excited about outdoor dining to finish my question about expansion because you guys have this location opening up. You've just bought the tiny market. You have all of your other restaurants already that are just thriving, but also so unique in themselves. I wonder what it's like to manage literally a food empire that dominates like 
half of the food market in Los Angeles. I mean, we don't look at it like that, but I'm glad you do. It's kind yeah, of funny to- when people totally. talk about it like that because, yeah. like, you know, to us it's not that. But for us, it's really about the team. You know, yeah. I'm like, we have to continue to create opportunity for our staff and our team to create more financial opportunity, opportunity to move up. And, like, you get in this weird spot. We had this conversation with Emerald Gossi one time while back about, like— That was, like, a, the most casual just well, name, because everybody name knows drop. Them. Everybody knows them, but— it's kind of you get in this weird spot where it's like you're forced to do it, you know? Yeah. And like with that being said, it's like I don't feel forced to do anything, but I do feel a sense of responsibility to the team. And like we have amazing people around us, yeah. you know? And like you couldn't have all these restaurants without having amazing people. And uh, it's, you know, it's our responsibility now to give them opportunity. Yeah. That's how we look at it. And, uh, so we think more like that than like empire building and like stacking cash. Yeah. yeah, this year will be a lot about building infrastructure in the company in order to do the expansions, you know. Yeah. So we have so we have the ability to kind of like you gotta have the bench. Anybody and, looking for a job, come on over. Yeah. Restaurants I'm, are guys, hiring. Yeah, restaurants are desperate. I mean, not just us, but everybody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do you guys think is like the secret to that? Because managing people is something that I am oh, boy. devastatingly horrible I at. Think, but you know, as restaurateurs, like you guys employ a lot. Lot of we people. do, you know, people can, and especially also. Sorry to interrupt, but no, after the past ahead. year of like kind of, kind of like having to keep the morale up, like it's a tough. I can imagine it's yeah. a tough feat. Well, we care about everything. We care about everything from sweeping the floor to washing the dishes to how the food's plated. Like right. no how, job how too someone, small. No, yeah. not at all. They're all important roles. Right. A- absolutely important. Um, uh, there is thresholds for pay. You know, obviously there's a there's a formula and a way to make it all work. But, you know, it's funny. I was just thinking when John was saying that I walked into Brentwood the other day and there's a new guy on pizza. And, like, you know, it's like I'm not dressed ready to go, like, work the line. You know, it's like it's a different thing, you know, like getting in there and, like, working an eight-hour shift. And, like, but this guy had no idea even who I was. And I just went in there and he was doing shit. Like, he was kind of making the pizzas. Not wrong, but he wasn't doing it exactly the way I wanted to. And he wasn't ready at all for me just to kind of step in and sort of show him and coach him. It wasn't too busy. And I got in there and just like made, you know, five or six pizzas with him. And he was just kind of like, you know, just kind of stunned a bit. Yeah. But he had a real learning lesson. And then the next two weeks later, I showed up and he was making beautiful pizzas. Unreal. Yeah, it was unreal. But it's just like their expectations too. They don't know, just like John said, they they don't know you from any yeah. anyone else. And they they don't know what you, your abilities are, what you, what you can and can't do. Like, they don't know if you're just in there just like kind of dictating things. They, they have no idea like our history. You know more about us than that guy. You know what I mean? Right. And, and like he, he had no idea. That, that guy I was knew. there for a job. Yeah, he was he there for a job. He didn't paycheck. care. He didn't know who Vinny even was. It was just like, and, and that's cool with me. I don't I, I don't need people to kiss my ass when I walk in there. But they all need to know that we will and do expect the food to be a certain way and do expect the restaurant to operate a certain way like he lied by the way he's super egotistic he like no, comes in he's no. like I the brand is strong no, yeah. no, no. the brand is strong <laughs> yeah, it's no. a brand in there yeah, yeah no, i'm just brand. joking the brand yeah the brand is it's strong so funny. In there. <laughs> yeah the brand I, word i would love to hear about that a little bit because obviously you know it is different than your other restaurants restaurants it is your baby you guys named it after yourselves i think that's an interesting choice oh boy well, it's after interesting how the name came about <laughs> because like for many he goes many, it's interesting how the name came about how did you do well, for it? like 20 your name years and your name? no <laughs> no well for like 20 years people always said oh you should name your restaurant john and vinnie's and we were like dude it's the worst because if you abbreviate it it's junior varsity it's jv for the vibe that you were going for where it's like 
your neighborhood spot, get a coffee, go before prom, go after a game. Like, I think it just embodies that very easily. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it really started kind of the name. The reason the name got birthed is because there's Cantor's, there's Schwartz Bakery, you know. It's like a Fairfax staple. Yeah. 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 So it was like, we felt like that. And we started just kind of like joking about it internally. And then it just like, it never went away. And then it like came time to like really solidify it. And we're like, fuck it. Let's just like use it. The original name was going to be Cutlet. Cutlet. Yeah. We were going to call it Cutlet. No, which is, I which want is a, a chicken cutlet. Right, yeah. which is like, because we were all obsessed with chicken cutlets, of course. No offense, it's the best thing on the menu. Right, so good. Everybody love. has a different opinion. Besides no offense. salad. No, no offense, well, and that's no. what I mean. Pizza I love, I love that you love that. Yeah. Like, I, I love the person that's like, they're obsessed with the bolognese. I love the person that, I mean, the 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 vodka fusilli is like the most crazy thing in the world to me. Like, I never knew people like vodka sauce so much. There's like, a basketball team in LA named after it. I know, I know. Yeah, like, I know, I know. We know Rocky. Yeah, what's like, happening? I don't know. I don't know. But that's that's the beauty about here. Okay, so now we're on this John and Vinny subject. It's so interesting. So we were even. We were kind of like, man, John and Vinny is really naming it after ourselves. Like, doesn't that seem like egotistic? Super <laughs> egotistical, and like also just like. Then it's like then we're then we're like really tied to this place, and it was like we were trying to like unwind a little, like in the sense of like people expecting to see us, or you know, it's like there's this really crazy idea of people. You know, it's so funny. It's like you show up in Montreal, and people would be like, "What? Who's running the restaurants?" And you're like, "The same people that run them when I'm there. Right. The exact same people." It's like people forever had this idea that chefs are tied to restaurants, and they made us that way. The public made us tied to our places. Expected chefs to be prancing around dining rooms, shaking hands, kissing babies in your chef's coat. Like which the is president. Like, yeah, it's like not who we want to be at all. What we do should carry the restaurant, not us carrying the restaurant. Not us personally being in the space is why people show up. Because we know plenty of chefs that that's why they have customers showing up. The hopes to get a glimpse of them. You know what I mean? Right. The hopes to get them to come over to your table. It's right. like, the hopes is, is that you have a great experience with the great team that we have there in place, you know? And like, they do know we care. It's like everybody at that restaurant knows exactly what we expect to happen there every single day. Yeah. You know? I want to hear a little bit about, obviously right now, the food industry has just changed so much, especially in LA, especially post COVID, everything's different. I feel like during COVID, one thing I read a lot about was ghost kitchens. What do you guys think about those as people who are like the head of- I mean, I think of- they're like food trucks, you know? They're mm. they're just kind of stationary. Right. Know? And like working in a food truck is incredibly hard. It's a very difficult uh, business. You know, certain things lend itself better to being in that kind of yeah. environment. And like- well, it's always funny. Anytime I'm on Postmates or anything, I'm like, oh, let's order John and Vinny's 80 minutes later. And I'm yeah, like- I know. I'm always like- I know. Yeah. You're but, like, why don't they have a ghost kitchen? We've looked at temporary ghost kitchens, you know, especially when, you know, we're seeing two-hour wait limits for our food or even shutting down, being able to take to go, uh, you know. And I know a lot of brands that have some that do really well, but I think for us, it's like asking our team to go into that kind of environment and like, we don't want to be in that kind of environment. So how could you ask somebody else to go into that kind of environment? So it's like, you know, you kind of have this kind of thing. I think for us, it's like, we rather open another John and Vinny's and not just give more takeout opportunity, that, but yeah. give you more chairs and create more financial opportunity for the team. And I think that's, you know, where our head is. Uh, that's that I would say like, that's my number one thing is that I, I don't, I don't love the environments that they we've walked them. We've seen these ones that are being built out and the environment just 
really is really makes me sad. I worked on a food me... truck twice. One time I fucking hated it. Second time I ensured that I really fucking hated yeah. it. But the second time was for charity, so I didn't feel as bad. But yeah. that was it. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was yeah. like was for after that I like can't I couldn't ask I, I like people ask and I'm like B, you know, like I cringe. Like she won't be knows not even to like ask us. Yeah. yeah. I, and I and just like we do think about that stuff is like you think about those those people that are working for us in there and working with us and they're our team and like working in a restaurant is extremely stressful for everybody, not just our restaurants, for everyone. And the fact that they can get to like listen to music and have like, and to be proud of the food they're putting out and to see people eating it and responding yeah. to it. Those things are important to us. And like, you just- It's a totally distant thing. It's not for us. It's not for us. It's just not for us. It's just not for us. You know, it's like, it totally works for some people. It's not for us. We love creating space. But it has been really nice to me, food and especially restaurants. It's all about people. It's about community. When you come together, you share a meal. And I think something that's been really, really lovely, this whole conversation, every question I've asked you guys, the answer has been about taking care of your people. Yeah. And I think that's a, that is one apparent in the vibe when you're in your place. It's apparent in the food. And it's just the driving thing behind your business. And that's a yeah. really cool thing to hear. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Of course. It's, yeah, it's always been something that's on our mind and in, in, in our in our processes is, is is trying to do the best we can, at, you know, given the scenario of what restaurants are, you yeah. know, to try to create the best work environment, create something that people will be proud of doing, an environment that they'd be proud of working in, and, yeah. and I think like that hopefully resonates, like you said, with people and our and our guests, you know, yeah. and and. And um, I think us being around goes a long way for people too, you mm -hmm. know, like knowing that we are around and you know, they might not see us there every second of every day, but they know like we care, you yeah. know. A few lightning round questions to close out the show. I said lightning round and then I was going to say white lightning, but I didn't. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> what is one thing you want everybody to know before they open a restaurant? They're very expensive and they're very hard to pay back um, because a lot of people think that Restaurants are cool and they want to be a part of owning a restaurant because it's cool. And there is something cool about it, but it's a lot of hard work. And it takes a lot of hard work from not only yourself, but a lot of other people. And you have to you have to know that. And if you've never worked in a restaurant, I suggest you don't do it. <laughs> so John and Vinny's is obviously a hot spot. I feel like every time I'm in there, there's some sort of escalate outside. There's someone <laughs> of men notable mention in there. But who is the one person that has made both of you starstruck or like stop in your tracks that you're a fan of that you've seen in the restaurant? I got one. Who do you got? Michelle Obama. No. Yeah. I feel like Michelle Obama has had such an impact on, on Absolutely. the greater good of humanity that that is the coolest thing to me. She was the cool for me by far. I like, I don't know if I would have been able to serve. Oh, people! Like, people's heads were literally spinning when yeah. she came in there. Yeah, that's literally, awesome. Literally spinning. They didn't even know what to do. People didn't know what to do. They that's were so losing cool. their minds. Yep. Yeah, it was cool. It was Imagine. cool. That was the coolest one for me. Yeah, that was a cool one. Yeah. She that's, she wouldn't let us take a picture with her either. Yeah, no, she wasn't picture ready. <laughs> wow. They had to be press ready. Yeah. No they do? So there's no evidence. <laughs> yeah. It's just in your minds. It's just a fond memory forever. It's okay. And we cemented beautiful. it here. We that's kind it of, here. That's kind of beautiful though. There's yeah. something beautiful about it being just for you, you know? I completely agree. And I, I think the more things that you can keep just for yourself, not only they don't always need a photo. Privacy is more, I think, yeah. more valuable nowadays than having all yeah. of the Instagram yep. stuff. That's what I would say like, too. I mean, there's been so many great people that have come in there. And uh, I would say for me, like to see them come in, 
and be able to be treated like everybody else and have a similar experience to the table next to them. And like that table is really the table that I'm more starstruck about yeah. because they're just like, hey, he's getting the same like service I'm getting. And I think that's where a lot of people, you know, I think forget is like, you know, these celebrities, they want a sense of normality. And that's what we try to bring to them is yeah. more that kind of normality vibe. Is there a secret menu order? No. There's not a secret Finney's menu. Finney's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. He's like, don't do tell me. Don't do, don't do anything do to change the menu. This. Don't change No, yeah. you know, I'm, look, I'm like, obviously I like the classics, you know, but like being around there, you find yourself kind of ordering the non maybe popular items because you're there. I mean, I got super into the eggplant parm when that went mm -hmm. on and I was hitting that a ton. But right now I'm a steak and potatoes. I like the crispy potatoes. I haven't had that. Uh, Give her the real skinny though. What's that? You. What's that? Give her the real skinny. That I don't eat a lot of dairy. I don't eat a lot of dairy. So it fucks me up. <laughs> her face. So. I wish, I, sometimes I wish the show was visual so you could see my face. That was yeah. a good, that was a good I eat it, it was a job. I eat it, moment. but I don't eat it like daily. You know what I mean? And like, you know, as you get older, it's like, I used to be out, eat four in the morning. It's like, if I eat at four in the morning, I'm like hungover. Like I, yep. you know, like drank a bunch of alcohol. It's like, I get that. I just can't do like I used to. I, I keep joking that I gotta get my beach body ready for this summer. Totally. So, totally. Yeah. Finny? What's my order? Yep. It changes all the time, but I'm, uh, I lean into the cacio pepe. It's my favorite pasta in the world. Yep. Lean into cacio pepe a lot. Uh, weirdly, like, I mean, not, not because of us, but just like cacio pepe in the last five years has had such a like yeah. surge in popularity. I don't Explain know where. Explain it to me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's that the simplicity and the sort of like mystique of, it's hard to make. It's like a spicy macaroni oh, and cheese. cheese. Yeah. Not me Kids sitting at like, home uh, whipping up some pasta and just you, putting. Do you make cacio pepe at the house? I do, but yeah. I'm not. I mean, it's not thing. Like, Does it emulsify for you? Or you get it like kind of cheesy, stringy, like weird. So I hate when it gets cheesy and stringy. Yeah, I like you can't cook the cheese. Yeah, so like I let it cool a little bit and then I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, but that's I don't, a good call. I don't do Smart. a lot. I just do Parmesan pepper and olive oil. Like yeah, I'm not. That's. Yeah, that's a, yeah. that's a one I'm, way of making I'm it. There's a lot of ways. Very novice. To, yeah, no, no. There's a lot of ways to make it, but that's the basis of it. Right. It's like technically, traditionally Roman. It's it's all pecorino, but right. like we adjusted ours to the American palate. It's mostly Parmesan in it, and then pecorino on top. So you get that same essence on top. So that's one that I lean into all the time for the pasta section. The pizzas, I lean towards you a little nasty. You eat olio a lot. A lot of olio. I eat olio, olio but I stopped eating it at the restaurant because I make it at the house a lot. So I make olio. Do you want to adopt me? Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, great. Done. I'm adopting no, people all the no, time. No, if, you're, if you live in our family, you have a different… Every family member has a different order. So yeah. we go home… Like, not so that we live shit. in the same yeah, house, crazy. but it's like… I'm a fucking short you guys order are busy. cook. I like come yeah. home. I'm like, oh, yeah. you know, one wants a pasta this way. The other wants a pasta I, that way. I want to eat the pasta another yeah, way. Make I, three different pastas. I've never been so jealous of kids in my life. Yeah, my wife and I… My wife and I, like, the other night… Here's a perfect example. It's like, I made this… I may have been making this pasta with peas, which is like super classic Italian, yeah. super simple to make. And my kids don't like it. And my youngest son doesn't like butter and only likes Parmesan cheese. So he's like, my yeah, eyebrows up questionable. Right I know, <laughs> questionable. I know. He's a he's kind of like a health freak. He's like raw cucumbers and kale and wow. Like, yeah, starting wise. them young these days, guys. Yeah, so, starting them so young. like so. But then my oldest loves butter and cheese. So it's like so it's like butter and cheese for one. He likes like 
oil and lemon and lemon zest and pepper in his pasta. He'll that's like one that I go to for him. So it's like butter, lemon, and then the pea pasta for us. So it's like literally like John said, it's like you're like it's a full a, kitchen. Yeah, you're like short you're order cooking yeah. at the rest at our house. Yes. <laughs> um so ketchup pepe for me and, and then in the pizza section I lean into the little gnats, which is named after John's daughter, first Cute. child. I love that one. That's our My pepper. stomach's growling right now. I, I was about to say, guys, I've got to wrap this up. Yeah. I gotta go. Yes. I'm like, fuck, I'm getting starving. Yeah, that's, that's our it. pepperoni pizza, which I'm I'm obsessed with. Um and I also am just like um I'm, I'm always a chicken cutlet person. <sighs> always, always, always. I always. live for the side salad. Can, I'm so lame. But yeah. like the side salad with the chicken cutlet, a little bit of lemon. Yep, so good. That's I mean, my jam. Yeah. Love that. I'm a sucker for sweets too. I mean, we didn't really talk about that, but I'm a sucker for sweets. I mean, I bounce around rainbow cookies, banana bread, chocolate chip. Yeah. I mean, there's really not a piece the of sugar serve. I don't like. I mean, I, I soft serve. Soft people serve. love soft serve. It's people, that's me. Yeah, it's yeah. you. I'm the people. You're the people. Yeah. You go swirl, you go vanilla, you swirl. go chocolate. Swirl, swirl. 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 swirl always. See, I'm yeah. a vanilla. I'm a vanilla. I like to, yeah, I'm just pure vanilla. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> chocolate overpowers the vanilla to me when I swirl it. No. I need to have two cups. Like, it's, it's a beautiful harmony. Harmony. Marriage is like It's diluted chocolate to me. I think you either go vanilla or you go chocolate. You go swirl, it's diluted. I'm just saying. I've talked. We Everybody's can agree to disagree to, yeah. and still be friends. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, but for real, I'm really, really hungry. So thank you guys so much for coming of on the course, show. This of was course. so fun. Yeah, thanks for having that us. That was awesome. And now I think we actually have to go order food. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.